Welcome, everybody, to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey and Mike, and we are back with Podcast 54. Now, if this is your first time watching, please go on our uh, YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, ring that little uh, that little bell so you can get the post notifications when they come up on your phone, uh, so you can get new content uh, as often as we put it out. Also, um, we have a website, theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com. Get you one of these hats. Support a great cause. Support a great podcast, right? Make America Constitutional Again is really what our tour is called. This is exactly why we want to do it is because uh, left or right are kind of leaving us behind here. It's going back to liberty is what we're after here in Christ first and then in the natural because it doesn't make sense if we're, you know, you can't really have freedom in the natural if you don't have morality, internal morality. And so what we're going to be talking about today, now that all the intros are done, is this. We're the founding fathers deists. Now, let's talk about that just for a real quick quick second before you read the the definition because my homeboy... Is going to read the definition, and and I really value what he says because he he does tons of homework. But I've just heard uh, a lot of people who are Christian, a lot of people who are in that prophet world, um, you know, even even atheists that say you know the founders were either atheists, deists, or universalists, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a pretty broad thing to say that the founders were. Yeah. Right. And so let's talk about generalities for a minute. All right. The right does it. The left does it. They generalize. Right. Uh, all the left really wants is control. Well, not every left person that I know wants control. You know yeah. what I mean? They want some kind of reform, which they're, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to play both sides. I'm not trying to play the fence. I know what fence I'm on. I'm on the side of liberty and the Constitution. I'm way uber right. If you want to call it the right, I'm super uber conservative. So are you. And uh, so we're, we're very much liberty minded. Don't really know what camp we fit in just yet. And I've been trying to figure that out for years. <laughs> uh, but to say that the founders were deists is a very absolute statement. It's just like saying all the founders yeah. had slaves. Well, you know, first off, if you say, no, nah, not really, you're justifying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you make these statements that uh, somewhat become irrefutable because some were. Right. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was raised by English deists. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. But then you read his works later on in his life and you see, man, this guy. He really talked about Christ. Yeah, and these general generalizations that come out, yeah, you were pointing this out of the generalizations that get made about one side or the other side. And really what they do is they create an enemy. They create Truth. like a, a straw man enemy. So that way you can say, as you said, all liberals hate freedom or, or all liberals want control. Well, in one respect, yes. In one respect, no. Just like right. on the on the right. Everybody wants control. That's right. In some way, right? That's because right. Because you want to get your your thing done. You want to get your issues taken care of. Stinking so, right you do. So when we draw these generalizations, what it's really doing is creating an easier enemy. Yep, yep. Now, you had mentioned you know, there's been talk, and it's starting to creep up in the Christian community and from some respected voices that a lot of people listen to, saying that, oh, the founders were deists. Mm-hmm. They... they they didn't really believe in yeah. Christ and God and they, you know, and I want to read this definition of deism. So we're working from the right standard and in the way everybody thinks belief in the existence of a Supreme being specifically of a creator who does not intervene in the universe. The term is used chiefly of an intellectual movement of the 17th and 18th centuries that accepted the existence of a creator on the basis of reason but rejected belief in a supernatural deity who interacts with humankind. So notice what this defines twice in the definition. It defines this creator or this deity as somebody who is not intervening in the affairs of men and somebody who's not putting himself in the midst of the human world and what's going on in this world. He wound it up and he stepped back. Right. Yeah. And and this is this is where it gets dicey, right? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, maybe there was an influence uh, such as that. Maybe there was uh sure some of the founders, you know, they they it's like I could look at Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, who's the only two they really reference. Yeah. You know, when people say many of the founders were deists, they reference two. Uh and, and a lot of the founders we just don't know a lot about. There's not a lot written about them. Uh, but mainly their faith statements, and and we'll, we'll go through some of those. But we really want to dispel the fact that all the founders were deists. Mm-hmm. And what did religion look like to them? I look at Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson sort of as people who hated organized religion because of what organized religion was doing in the time of England and the colonies. Yeah, and and that the, the states had their own set religions, and it was discriminating against other people who had different re- religious as, as far as Christian sect type beliefs. And and I think you made a really good point that we need to point out is. 
why did they what were one of the reasons that they decided to split in the first place now there were all the grievances that they had but there was something else going on faithfully of why the colonies were set up was you have the church of england which the king was viewed as called by god to be king you know this this divine authority right and the colonies were very much influenced by the work of Locke, who Locke shredded that whole idea apart. That's of, right. Of this chosen by God, therefore I'm the king. Right. I've right. been chosen by God because I'm the king. Right. You know. Right. And when when we look at it in that lens, we realize, okay, they may not be a part of specific organized Orthodox religion. Because they've seen the abuses of the Church of England. Truth. They've seen the abuses of what organized religion was doing in right. England at that time. Right. You know. And nobody and, and nobody denies that there was crap going on that was just not, first off, ungodly, unbiblical, right? Um, a lot of practices that were, again, discriminatory, things that weren't, you know, because you prayed differently than me, because you had a different uh, catechism than I did, because you had a different faith statement than I did. Not that it was different, but it was just differently said. Or, you know, I was at a Lutheran church and they do the, the Apostles' Creed. I've never yeah. done that before, but dude, good for them. It's a great creed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that kind of stuff really meant something to people back in the day. And that's how that's how religion can mess people up. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead of the, 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 the knowing and the saving knowledge and the intimacy with God, right? And so just to kind of get this thing started, I'm just going to read a couple of quotes because I know you got a ton too. Uh, on some of the founders that actually had faith, and uh, we'll go through them real fast. This is John Adams. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. He was a judge. He was a diplomat, uh, very much a diplomat. Uh, one of the two signers of the Bill of Rights and second president, uh, um, and the second president of the United States. He said this, the general principles on which the founders achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Listen, listen to what he's saying. It was on the general, princi- general principles of Christianity, which is the law, the, the general principle of Christianity's Jesus dying for us, but he died to uh, save us from the curse of the law, right? So we're going back to Old Testament Hebrew type stuff is what they were basically referencing. I will avow that they believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. And he also said this. Now, if he was a deist, why would he reference the Bible at all, right? So let's go with this one. I have examined all religions, and the result is that the Bible as the best book in the world. Like, think about that. Like, if you were a deist and you didn't give a crap, and you just, you, but you know something's out there, just like the Indian. But it has no influence right. on, on life. Just, right? but, but this is like the, what do they call them now? Uh, uh, indigenous people? Can't call them Indian anymore, right? The indigenous <laughs> people, I'm not making fun of, well, kind of, but I'm not trying to. Um, the indigenous people, the first set, one of the first uh, people here, that were, you know, they believed in something greater than themselves. They call mm-hmm. it the Great Spirit, yep. uh, which was kind of that form of of God, right? That they believed in, like He had His own commandments in, in a sense, right? Uh, let's let's go on to Samuel Adams. He said this up. Uh, I think this was on his death, but I'm not for sure. But I think this is one of the things that he said that was his last will and testament. He said, "I rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ for a pardon of all my sins." That doesn't sound deistic to me. Yeah. Right. I've got another one go from ahead. Samuel go, Adams. Go. The name of the Lord, Woo. says the scripture, is a strong tower. Thither the righteous flee and are safe. Let us secure his favor Bro. and he will lead us through the journey of this life and at length receive us to a better. <laughs> that is not a deist. No, no. That is a Christian. That is specific. He referenced Proverbs 18. <laughs> Um, here's another one. He said this, I conceive we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world. Notice at that time, they didn't call God, God. They referenced him as uh, the, the, uh, the, the supreme ruler of the universe, mm-hmm. uh, divine providence, uh, the father of lights. They never, they never said God. To them, that was a, that almost kind of blasphemy in a sense. Yeah. You never saw them write the word God, right? It says this, that the uh, confusions that are and have been among the nations may be overruled by promoting and speedily bringing in the holy and happy period when the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and the people willingly bow to the scepter of him who is the Prince of Peace. That's Jesus Christ. Christ. So there's no deism in that. Go ahead. the The right to freedom is the gift of God Almighty. The rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institutes of the great lawgiver and head of the Christian church, 
which are Bam. to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. That's exactly it. Now that's who, Christianity. Now let's go with Samuel Adams, right? Who was he? He was a founder. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, they called him the father of the American Revolution. He was a governor of Massachusetts, and when he was the governor of Massachusetts, they called for statewide days of prayer and fasting. So did yes. John Adams. So did John Hancock. Okay, so these are just three founders that called for statewide days of prayer and fasting. To who? To who? Like, if you're a deist, how do you even know to do that? Yeah. How do you know who to worship, right? Now, we're not trying to cap on people that say these things. We're trying to educate people because I'm really tired of people saying that. The more you say that they were deists, the more that he doesn't give us rights. Yeah. The creator gives rights. Well, who's this creator? And what is the standard? If you keep saying we don't have God as the backbone, well, then what God are they talking about? And why bother having reverence for it? If exactly. He's, if he's not involved in any of it, why bother showing reverence exactly, and, and providing all of the 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 credit as being the source of everything? If he's he's made everything and stepped back, there's no argument, there's no debate about what involvement he has. It's saying there is no involvement. Right. Right. Um, here's another one: Josiah Bartlett. Because I know I, I know you want to bring up a ton of points, and I'm not trying no, to cut you off because no, I think you got a ton to going. say, and I'm just going to keep reading quotes. This is a one of the military officers. Uh, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. How many of you guys have ever heard of Josiah Bartlett? Comment down below if you've ever heard of Josiah Bartlett. And he was also a judge, and he was the governor of New Hampshire. Listen to this. He called upon the people of New Hampshire to confess before God their uh, aggravated transgressions and to implore his pardon and forgiveness through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ. Listen to that. That the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ may be known to all nations, pure and undefiled religion, universally prevail, and that all the earth may be filled with the glory of the Lord. What is he talking? Dude, seriously, this is, it's not that it's elementary to me, right? I have to believe it's God, because what was the point? Why would some being to them yeah. give freedom? Like, they couldn't even reference that to the king saying, well, some creator gave us rights. That's why you're not king. Yeah. King would have been like, what? That's that's a really Think good about point. That. Yeah, you, like I was saying, you can't give credit as as him being the source, or why bother giving credit exactly. if there's no influence or connection. Do Here's you? another one. Remember when, um, uh, why, why do they put their hand on the Bible when they swear in? President uh, Washington started that. Yeah. Why put your hand on the Bible and swear on it if he's a deist? Yeah. Think about that, right? Because why you, start? Go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Go, you've go. You've rejected... At that point, you will have rejected the Bible as being the inner word of God. Bingo. Right? Bingo. Because why would God institute his word, institute his direction, which the Bible is filled with seeking out the Lord yes. for his guidance and yes. wisdom. If if you're a deist, there's no point to that. There's, there's no point in having this holy Dude, book. Great point. What's the point in doing that if you're a deist, right? Why was it that... And this is uh, confirmed... Um, and, and I heard it from another man, uh, and I'm still doing my homework on it, but just go with me for a minute and do your own homework and research on this point, that I believe when Washington swore an oath to defend the Constitution, was sworn in as president, I believe he took all of Congress to his church service, came back, and then they adjourned Congress. Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing stuff, dude. Why yeah. is George Washington uh, in, in uh, what, what do they call that kind of window, the, the colorful windows? What do they call that? Oh, the stained, stained glass. glass. Him kneeling uh, in prayer before God. Yeah. In the Ten Commandments, in the stone glass, why would they have? Why would they have prayer to God? Why did they start uh, Congress like that with prayer to who? Almighty God, yeah. God of Heaven, right? The, the first act of Congress was a what two and a half hour prayer prayer service. service? Yep. Here's another one. Here's Gunning Bedford, and if you want to keep, if you yep. got more, Hit Gunning Bedford, and I'll go. Um, the, he was a member of the con a member of the Continental Congress. He was a signer of the Constitution. He was a judge. He said this. Listen close again. Who do you know? Who do any of you guys know who Gunning Bedford is? Comment below. To the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be ascribed all honor and dominion forevermore. Amen. Amen. I I want to hit some of uh, Thomas Jefferson quotes Go for because it. Jefferson Go for and Franklin always get brought up as the two atheists, and you know they hated religion, and is especially. Um, people who are against saying that the founders were Christians and the founders had had a real reverence for the Judeo-Christian God, um, they reference Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin because they think these are the trump cards. Like, we'll show these guys, we'll show, show some quotes where they were arguing about religion and therefore use it to say, see, these guys were against it, which that's only half the story, but let me get into the quotes first. 
So Thomas Jefferson said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just. That is, justice cannot sleep forever. That's not a deistic God. That's a reverence for God. And that's a belief in a God who is just. Why bother trembling for your country if you don't believe in a God? Let alone a God who's just. Right? Keep going. Um, now, did you know that he was referencing slavery in that? Yeah. The evils of slavery? Yeah. Dude, seriously. Like, think about That's actually on the Jefferson Memorial. He said, uh, God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we remove the only firm basis of conviction in the hearts and minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God? Then he says that stuff. And it's... it's that, go ahead. To finish that, because you're just reading the next one that I was going to read, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect Indeed. that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Thank you for, for doing that. No, no, no. And, and there's, there's, there's more to this. I, I, got, a, I got a ton more. Uh, Jefferson was very much, uh, uh, and, and let me say this, if you read some of Jefferson's early writings and I'm trying to find it cause I want to post it. Mm -hmm. Um, there was some early writings that he had where he literally dispelled the, the, the Christianity he did. Uh, it, it was, it was something that was a myth to him. Again, he was raised by English deists, but later on I've got to find it. I found it like 10 years ago when I was Google searching, maybe even sooner than that, probably seven years ago. I remember I found the letter that he gave to a college kid and said, basically, I was ignorant in my youth, he said. <laughs> I didn't understand it. That's when he said, question with boldness, the existence of a God. Yeah. He wasn't saying, you know, question God. He was saying, no, question with boldness so that you believe firmly. Yeah. Ask the questions. You think God doesn't want to answer your questions? That's exactly how he said it to that kid in that letter. He said, but these are my early writings. So he's basically saying, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't trust in the Savior. I didn't know and understand these things. And that quote gets used a lot to point out that, that he was atheist. Dude. Because everybody tends to look at from, and I'm glad you pointed that out, tends to look at from a one-sided point of view of question with boldness. Therefore, question with boldness, the boldness of a skeptic who's actually an atheist. When in actuality, what he was saying was question with boldness, the existence of God, inferring that you'll get an answer back That's from exactly God. exactly right. right? Do it. Yeah. Matter of fact, all the you atheists that are watching this and are disagreeing with everything we're saying, question with boldness, the existence of a God, but seek it out. Don't just... Say, well, it doesn't exist because I can't see it. That's exactly what faith is. You can't see it. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is, right? And again, everything has faith. Everything has faith, including science. Because I can promise you, you have not studied what Neil deGrasse Tyson has studied. You know what I mean? And he's studied a lot, right? And he's come to his own conclusions. And, you know, it would be great to meet him one day just to talk. Um, uh, Benjamin Franklin also said this, as to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom uh, you particularly desire, I think the system of morals in his religion, as he left them to us, the best world ever saw li or likely to see it. Now, in that statement, he's not saying he resigns to the, to the teachings of Jesus, right? Yeah. But he's got a reverence for it. So, yeah. in other words, I'm not saying he was a Christian. I don't know. I don't know his writings. And maybe someone can enlighten us. Maybe you can find some things on Benjamin Franklin and post them down below, please. We want to know. Uh, because we do a lot of studying here, but we don't want to put out false information. Uh, what we're trying to say is there's a lot with Elbridge Jerry and you got more Thomas Jefferson quotes, I'm sure, because I want you I want to pepper those in. Yeah. Right. Because I want to make sure that we're hammering this the correct way. Um, Elbridge Jerry was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And when he was the governor of Massachusetts uh, and the vice president, when he was in the state of Massachusetts, he called him to pray uh, with one heart and one voice. We may prostrate ourselves at the throne of the heavenly grace and present to our great benefactor sincere and unfeigned thanks for his infinite goodness and mercy towards us from the birth to the present moment, having above all things illuminated us by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is, this is calling the state to pray, okay? They're, they weren't deists, yeah. okay? Um, and, and, and on and on. Alexander Hamilton, another one, you know what yeah. I mean? That, again, was he perfect in his life? No, by no means. But uh, if you got some more quotes, why don't yeah, throw I've, in there? I've got some George Washington quotes Do because it. I've I've actually seen the argument come up that Washington was a deist, that Washington never uh, reflected on Christ, that that Washington was kind of one of these separated people, and it's just not true. <laughs> Almighty and eternal Lord God, the great Creator of heaven and earth, and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look down from heaven in pity and compassion upon me, thy servant, who humbly prostrate myself before thee. That sounds like a deist. 
there there's not much else to be said besides he was a Christian. Yeah. And if and if we can just take a little bit of a of, of, if you want to call it a time warp, right? Um, Virginia, one of the first areas really founded by um, our founders, you know, the early founders, I'm saying in 1606 and 1607, they created uh, uh, Virginia. And it says this, we greatly commending and graciously accepting of their desires for the furtherance of so noble a work, which may by the providence of almighty God hereafter tend to the glory of his divine majesty in propagating of the Christian religion. Now I do this in a class, it's called Time Warp, uh, going back to 1776. But I'm just going to read a few of these uh, states that were founded, uh, some of their charters and things like that. I don't have a lot of them. Just There's four actually to, to be said. So that was back in 1607. Uh, the Mayflower Compact of 1620 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It says this, In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, by the grace of God of England, France, and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, and having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. So what were they here to do? Advance the Christian faith. Now, these were the founders, early founders of America. Mm-hmm. Right. Out of this and out of some of these places, they started and established their own state religions. All 13 colonies had their own state religion or a way to manage religion, which the the word religion is used in the context of denominations. I want to point that out, like Baptist, Lutherans, you know, Methodist, that kind of. And and if you didn't believe good on you, that's that's on you. That was okay. Nobody really thought twice about the matter of fact, there's a quote from Wilson. I think it was James Wilson or was it Mason? Remember, I read it on the radio. I think it was like second or third episode where he's like, if we have to force people to be Christian, that's not Christianity, yeah. right? He's like, if they're going to be atheists, let them believe. And and Jefferson actually had a quote about that. Uh, it does mean no injury for my neighbor to say there are 20 gods or no God. It really doesn't. And no injury. He's not denying God there. He's no. saying it doesn't matter to me. It, it doesn't it doesn't do me anything if he says there's no God. Yeah. Right? Which is the right approach to take. Right? It's like, if, if my neighbor across the street doesn't believe in God, it doesn't hurt me. It should draw compassion in me to go preach to that person. Yeah. See what I mean? And so, this is where I think people get confused. They read those quotes and say, yeah, they were... It, you're not reading it in context. You're not seeing what they were trying to say. Um, here's another one. The Fundamental Orders of Connecticut. This was the first constitution written in these lands. And did you know, and you know, because you've heard this a thousand times from me, and you've been on tour with us, and you've preached some of this stuff... But he's got his own classes. Y'all got to check them out. Pretty awesome stuff. This was uh, created in 1639. The, the, the Constitution was actually taken from a sermon, sermon by Reverend Thomas Hooker. An entire sermon was used for the Constitution. Imagine that. I, I mean, mean, think about that. Imagine that. A, a binding foundational document for your law system was based on a sermon. 100%. 100%. Look at the Portsmouth Compact of 1630. Portsmouth said this, We submit our persons, lives, and estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord, Lord of lords, unto his perfect and absolute laws. Listen to that. Given to us in his holy word. Who are they talking about? The God of the Bible, right? And then we get to that point of Reverend Jacob Duchesne in 1774 yep. having a two-hour prayer service. They read Psalm 35 out loud, yep. right? Again, Deus in a room full of people who were trying to establish a declaration of independence and trying to break away from England. Right, having a prayer service and reading Psalm 35. This is just a part of that prayer that they invited Reverend Jacob that they invited Reverend that they invited Reverend Jacob Duche to. He said this, our Lord, O oh, oh Lord, our heavenly Father, high and mighty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who does from your holy throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reigns with power supreme and uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires and governments. Look down in mercy, we beg you, we beseech you on these American states who have fled to you from the rod of the oppressor. That's, that's the book of Psalms, man. Yeah. That's the book of Psalms. That's King David's prayers, man. He says this, and thrown, thrown themselves, we've thrown ourselves on that gracious protection, desiring henceforth to be dependent only on you. To you, uh, to thee have they appealed only for the righteousness of their cause. To thee do they not look upon, their, uh, upon you for the countenance and support, which only you alone can give them. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom and counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious design of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of the unrighteousness of their cause. And if they persist in their uh, sanguinary purpose, he said, convince them first so that they can just resign. But if they continue in in this purpose, oh, let thy voice from thy own unerring justice sound in their hearts. Constrain them to drop their weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. Dude, that's just part of the prayer. I mean, there's so much to this, right? But again, we're talking about deists, right? Yeah. I want to, there's a George Washington quote that I really want to read, um, just because 
this kind of puts puts the cherry on top of all of this. You know, once again, like I had said, Washington, a lot of people point to him and say, oh, well, he was a deist. He didn't really believe in Christ. I want to read this. O eternal and everlasting God, direct my thoughts, words, and work. Wash away my sins in the immaculate blood of the Lamb and purge my heart by the Holy Spirit. Daily, frame me more and more in the likeness of thy Son, Jesus Christ, that living in thy fear and dying in thy favor, I may in thy appointed time obtain the resurrection of the justified unto eternal life. Bless, O Lord, the whole race of mankind, and let the world be filled with the knowledge of thee and thy Son, Jesus Christ. Dude. The guy was a... He was a pastor, man. Like, <laughs> might as well have been. So, totally. How, how many paintings and pictures and, and images have we seen of him, like, praying on knees, right? Bro. But we still look at him and say, oh, deist. You know, oh, Dude. they're they're lying about him. Look at the overwhelming evidence of who he was as That's a person. Right. And I think right? what happens, too, is they convolute their sins to Christianity. So yeah. some of the founders had slaves, and I tried to look it up. How many actually had slaves? How many didn't? There's really no number. I don't know if we can even really tell. And maybe yeah. if you can, put it down below because I don't know everything, dude. I'm just I'm telling you what I know and what I know to be true. Now, yes, there were national sins at that time, mainly slavery. And it wasn't just blacks. There was a lot. There, there was other races involved in that mm-hmm. slavery factor. Did you know that in America in the 40s, we enslaved Japanese people for four years? Right. Our own government did it. Yep. Right. So we've done some national cruel things. OK. And that is not in the name of Christianity. And those who say it was are liars. And it's from the pit of hell, because I can promise you God doesn't want people to be slaves. No. That's not what he wanted. That's not his design. OK. He wants us to be free and free in Christ. That's life, people. OK. So we attribute like uh, Jefferson owning slaves. But many people didn't know he was fighting for abolition at the same time, because yep. Virginia, you had to own the slaves that you inherited. It was actually law. If you inherited them, you had to own them. And. Jefferson thought, if I let the slaves go free, someone else is going to pick them up. They're going to think they're like, I don't know, refugee or what do you call them, escapees, and just pick them up and snatch them out and make them slaves. He didn't want that. You know, so there was a lot of these stories that we don't even know. A lady brought up the three-fifths clause. It's not what they were talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) I just, I want to nail down the three-fifths clause real quick. Go for it. Because it always gets bandied about that this was this this racist idea. But really what it was doing was the southern states were arguing, well, we've got all of these slaves, so we get to have these votes to have representation. And the compromise was three-fifths so that you didn't get an overwhelming representation that would just control the whole system right. and enshrine slavery in the Constitution. Basically, right? yeah, yeah, basically the federal government was saying, if you don't want to count them as people and they don't have freedom, why are you counting them as a vote? Yeah. Because they can't vote according to you. Now, nowhere in, check me on this one, and I'll say this with confidence. Nowhere in the Constitution do you read anything about race. You'll never see anything about blacks or anything. That doesn't mention race at all. Matter of fact, the Constitution never said anything about not allowing blacks to vote. That was a state's right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? States held women and blacks down. Not the Constitution. Not the federal Constitution. Right? They wanted the states to manage themselves. Now, eventually, morality wins over. Uh, a prime example is maybe the Abraham Lincoln thing, right? Now, we can agree to... We, we, can, we can all say that there was some unconstitutionality that happened at that time. Yeah. But the fact is the 13th Amendment was written, right, that gave blacks the right to vote, which they already had under the Declaration of Independence, had we had good governors yeah. in those states to allow them to do that because it was really up to the states, which was stupid, right? And, and, and in some senses, I can understand why the 13th Amendment was needed because states don't listen sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, look at, uh, i.e., John, Ken- John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy going in down in the South during Martin Luther King's time, right? I understand why that was necessary and important. I'm not saying anything against it. I'm saying when they leave it up to the states, they want the people to manage themselves. The problem is the sinfulness of man, dude, right? And so we need an external government all the time because we can't restrain our own passions. Mm -hmm. So that three-fifths clause, blown out of the water. The racist constitution never mentions race, blown out of the water. The declaration gave freedom. It said that the creator gives all men rights, blown out of the water. People say women aren't mentioned in the constitution. That's because they said men, men, which means the whole body of man, woe man, man. It's all the same thing. Human race is what they were talking about. They didn't need to reference women like that. That's not the way that they talked back then. It was a different era, different time, right? Now we're starting to say Z's, M's, theirs, and they's, you know, like what what are we talking about anymore? You, You worry about what they didn't say, yet you're trying to confuse me about what to say today, right? So well, let's get back to this deism thing. Yeah. Let's get back to this. I think more and more as I study this, 
the more and more I'm convinced that he used imperfect men to do a great thing. Mm-hmm. And he's done that throughout history. If you read the Bible, he used so many imperfect men, so many men who complained about that they couldn't speak, so many men who, who doubted and feared, so many women who stood up because the men wouldn't stand up yeah. and took on the call of God, Esther, Ruth, right? Uh, the prophetesses in the New Testament. There's a lot of those stories that happen. Rahab, you know, there's... There's a lot of stories that because men didn't stand, the women did it. And because there was fearful men, God still had mercy on them and used them to do the will of God, right? And so all this proves is God can still use imperfect men to create a great system. The problem is, is man starts to take it in his own hands. And that's what we have today is we're arguing whether the right and the left are right. And they don't even both follow the Constitution, and, and here we are debating about impeachment processes. And now, you know what's going to happen the next election? I think you said this a couple podcasts ago. Now, the Republicans are going to go after the Democrat and try to impeach him the next time they get yeah. in. It's, it's become a game. That, and that's what it is, is it's all political brinksmanship. It's a game of who can top each other. And at some point, at some point, it, it collapses in on itself. Yeah, and, 100%. And I, I'm not saying that... America falls apart, but we've already lost any trust or or uh, respect in the left and right. In the left and right, in the in the political sphere, you have nobody nobody respects politics anymore. And, and you see, and it's that, only going to get worse. Yep, you see that by the evidence of guys like uh, I can't remember Anomaly on Facebook. You know, they kind of got their page that is literally calling out both sides. You know, what yeah. I mean, they, they, they're very unbiased. Um, you know, they, some people look at President Trump as neither right or left. He's kind of an anomaly, yeah. Um, which is kind of unique. I, I can see that, but I still don't agree uh, with everything, right? But I'm being honest, right? I'm being critical here because uh, I have to be. If I know the Constitution and I read it, I'm seeing it still being violated. Now, again, we can agree on how we should do this. If it's a slow process or a quick process, I don't know. I just know what I know, and we need to keep talking about it. Why is it then, if the founders were deists, that 43 of the 50 state constitutions in their preambles acknowledge Almighty God for the giver of rights? Almighty God, not Buddha, not not the being, Almighty God, right? Why is it, uh, uh, if you read the Declaration of Independence, it says that our Creator gives us rights, right? But in that same declaration, it talks about uh, supreme ruler of the uh, of, of the world, um, divine providence, you know all those things mentions God Which, four times. And, Why? And you had you had mentioned that it's not that they were creating just some anonymous name for whoever created it and spun the whole thing. It was out of reverence. It was these these much more look at the Jewish people sacred names. Yeah, the Jewish yeah. The, the, the the real Jewish people won't write the full we, God. <laughs> It's hilarious you bring that up. We were actually talking about that tonight because we were doing a project that's going out, letters being sent out to Jews, uh, Messianic Jews. And in the in the headline or the title on the paper, it, it has God like Jews write it, G-D. And we were talking, and I was kind of explaining that exact thing of like Jews revere the name of God to the point where they won't write it down. Yeah, they, and, they fear that. Yeah, and, and which is they, pretty cool. They won't even put the vowels in the letters of God's spoken name. We Y H W H. We don't know what the vowels actually are. So that's that's why it's Y H W H. And that's that's like a very sacred thing. Wow! So we as Christians have have built the name Yahweh out of it. You know, that's crazy, um, dude. So it's it's Jews revere God, and the founders were trying to revere God by supreme Creator. You know, divine providence. Much more poetic names of who He is, as opposed to God. You know, no, they said God, God Almighty, Lord God. Yeah, but especially if you're writing like this founding document, yeah, you know. <laughs> but two again, who could you ascribe that to if you're a deist? Here's another one: the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, Article Three says this: religion, morality, and knowledge. Religion, 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 religion. If you're a deist, you have no religion. You're just again, he's he's this being that wound up the clock and left, mm-hmm. right? Religion, morality, and knowledge. Where does morality come from? Got to come from somewhere. It can't come from us. Because if that's the case and the founders were deists, then they were wrong for going after the king. Because what, what what was their morality for? Like, who gave the founders morality over the king's morality? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense that they would believe that. 
Um, it says this religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. So they said, we got to start teaching this in schools because the kids are going to spend a lot of time there and we need to affirm what they're being taught at home yeah. is basically what they were saying, right? Um, did you know uh, in, in uh, 1782, 1782, guys, 1782, the first uh, a book printed by Congress recommended this edition of the Bible to be to the inhabitants of the United States. Uh, Congress passed a resolution. The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. And they wanted to print it for the students in public schools. 1782, they passed that. Why would they do that? Again, the Holy Bible, the scriptures, if they were deists. All of them were deists, right? Or most of them, I'm sorry. Why in 1636 was Harvard... Uh, their, what, what is it? Their, their uh, rules and precepts, their adopted rules and precepts, and jump in if you need to. It says, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well. The main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John 17, 3. And therefore lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Again, these were the universities our founders went to. Yeah. Right? The original motto of Harvard was uh, Veritas Christ and Ecclesiae, truth for Christ and the church. They're, they were taught there, dude. Yep. College of William and Mary. That's where Thomas Jefferson went, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, him or John Adams, one of the two. Right? So there's way more that we can get into. The bottom line is, they're not, their sins doesn't have anything to do with their belief system. Yep. They were in sin just as much as a lot of us were. They had accepted practices at that time, which nobody's justifying. Nobody's saying that slavery was right. Nobody's saying that uh, keeping women down was right. Nobody's saying that blacks being counted less than from slave owners, not by the Constitution, by slave owners, was right. Who's saying that? I'm not even justifying the fact that the Constitution had a compromise. I thought it was bullcrap. Yeah. To be honest with you, hindsight's 2020. Why didn't you just trust God and abolish slavery? The states didn't want to get involved. Well, then let them suffer. Let God deal with them. And I'm not saying that in a judgment way. I'm saying the sins will play out. And we've we've had that conversation many times. times of, boy, did, did they have a lack of faith in not just abolishing it outright and leaving it up to God of how 100%. things will, will turn out. And, and we do think... This is what I believe, right? And, and I'm pretty sure you're kind of in the same trail with me on Here's this. Here's the opinions of us two. Yes. That... America could have avoided hundreds of years of national division, disgrace, and pain if they had abolished slavery outright in the Constitution. 100%. Right? We compromised on it. We allowed it to take place and take root. We had hundreds of years following where we ended up having a bloody civil war about the whole thing, right? You look at the Jewish nation and you look at Israel— when they compromised and when they didn't believe in God to take care of what he's going to take care of, it created hundreds of years to thousands of years conflict. of conflict and consequence that's really good, dude. because they didn't stand firm in the trust of who oh, God that's good. is. That's good. Dude. You know? um, to wrap this up, I did want to discuss Benjamin Franklin a little bit, because if there was somebody who was a bit more of a deistic mindset, it would be him. And I've got a quote that I'm going to read that a lot of people take and they say, see, he's a deist. I imagine it great vanity in me to suppose that the supremely perfect does in the least regard, does in the least regard such an inconsiderable nothing as man. More especially since it is impossible for me to have any positive, clear idea of that which is infinite and incomprehensible, I cannot conceive otherwise than that he, the infinite Father, expects or requires no worship or praise from us, but that he is infinitely above it. So that's going to be taken as, see, he sees God as a deist God way too far above to even have interaction with. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was, God is so great, how could I even begin yes. to offer up a worthy praise or worship? Yep. The, this was great not point. a discussion of who God was in his character of having influence in their lives. Because if you look at his other quotes, he talked intimately about God's influence on life. And he was the one who pointed everybody back to prayer when things were getting serious and everybody wasn't sure what to do. He was the one who was saying, we need to be doing what we were doing before, which is praying. 
We need to be seeking God's face on this stuff. So he was not for organized religion. He's got plenty of quotes where where he took a much more backseat approach than Washington. 100%. Right? It, it was not a, a man of the Bible, yep. believing Christ follower disciple. But he was a man who revered God and a man thought that God had influence on the daily yes. activities. And of he's man. talking about the God of the Bible, okay? Yes. Not just this wind up tall doid or a toy doll, I should say. Tall doid. Tall doid. <laughs> toy doll uh, that, that just up and left the creation of man. Bottom line is, dude, and dudes and dudettes and all of you guys that listen, bottom line is this. We serve a God who is all knowing, all powerful, who is perfect in all of his ways, who who's holy, who is just, who is righteous, who is good. Um, there's nothing in him that is untrue, ungood. Um, he is um, immutable, which means he cannot change. He cannot lie, um, doesn't break his promises. We're the ones that go against our own covenants with him. Um, and we see that day to day. So we're looking at a bunch of men and women, women too, yeah. who stood at that time to create a system of government that we ourselves could maintain and say, our rights, like John Dickinson said, he said this, kings or parliaments could not give us rights essential to the happiness of man. We claim them from a higher source, from the king of kings and the lord of all the earth. Dude, that's scriptural, right? It says this, they're not given to us by parchments or seals. They're created in us by the decrees of providence, which establish the laws of nature. They are born with us, exist with us, and cannot be taken from us by any human power without first taking our lives. And so, you had this system of imperfect dudes, which we still have today, perfect people, imperfect people. And yet still, we know that inherently. Even I bet you atheists know that too, but we still trust in the Democrats. We still trust in the Republicans. We yeah. still trust somehow that we're going to get out of this mess by electing that guy. But those same people were turning around saying, man, government sucks. But you're still pushing for the man we, to do it. That's a real good point. We always, we always argue... Government's awful. Government can't get anything done. You can't trust politicians. <gasps> My guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sanders ran on that. Yeah. Government's inefficient. Government gave all the buy or the 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 buyouts and the uh, what do you call it? The CEOs got big kickbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, during the Great Recession or the, the last re the Great Recession, the last recession that we had under President Obama, which wasn't under him. It was Bush's. I mean, it, there was a lot that went into that. Yeah, he kind is. of inherited a mess. Yeah. I'll give him that. He inherited a mess. He did. He did. Clinton and Bush really set the whole mess up. Yeah. You know, especially Clinton, but. They set the whole mess up, and Obama was kind of standing there holding, holding the, the whole bag. thing yeah. when it all fell apart. You know, and yeah. and again, by his own knowledge, did what he thought was right. I'm sure, yeah. right? But think about this: Bernie Sanders then got up and was like, "Man, the government's done this. The government's done that. The government's done this." And guess what? He wants socialism. So, which means yeah. more government, more government takeover of private property and ownership and land, more money. Because government somehow will be the savior of what they destroyed. Yep. It doesn't yep. make any sense. You know? No. And and Sanders is something that we've really got to pay attention to because Sanders. Good segue. Yes, I'm so glad that you brought it up that way because I, I wanted to get into Sanders a little bit because Sanders is now leading in the Iowa polls and, and the New Hampshire polls. And he's gaining traction on kind of pushing Biden out of the front runner spot. There's a lot of people who are starting to see him as a possible um, candidate. And what concerns me is I think there's a lot of people that see Sanders as, oh, he's the crazy socialist. Don't worry about him. Hey, Trump will make a mess of him. Here's the problem. You have about 50 percent of voter Democrat voters who have said, if Sanders not the candidate, I'm not voting. I'm not going to care about it. Which Republicans and conservatives go, it doesn't matter to us. Yeah, <laughs> hey, all right. That's sweet. But what it tells you is there is a huge movement of people who support Sanders. And frankly, if you look at character, the number one thing everybody brings up when they talk about Sanders, what is it? Right? People are like, I like Sanders because I like his character. Like character. He, he yeah. hasn't done anything... As no. far as I know, like no. illegal or his his wife had a little bit of a mess, that's but that, that got swept under the rug. Yeah. yeah. And and you're right. His character, his consistency, he seems like a nice guy. Everybody's saying he seems like a great guy, seems like a nice guy. Now pair him up against Trump. You have a country that is so divided on Trump. You you have your hardcore base, right? That's always for Trump. You have your hardcore never Trumpers. 
And then you've got a, a widening middle ground. And if you put Trump up against Sanders, it's really going to come down to if, if people don't care about the actual position and politics of it, they're going to care about the character. And they're going to look at Sanders and go, man, he's got so much more character than Trump does. Yep. So as conservatives, what we have to do is point out the fact, look, this is a Marxist running. When did we ever think that we would get to the point where a Marxist may get the one of the two party nominations for the presidency no, exactly. and have a great chance at it. Right. But that's where the people have to start being astute too. The, yeah. They say his character is un, uh, unblemished. Uh, I disagree. He completely lied in his oath yeah. to uphold our constitution, which is a Republic. Good point. Right. So being a Marxist and a socialist has nothing to do with our constitution, yeah. nothing to do with it. Right now, People can pass bills and laws, you know, and a couple of our amendments I, I, I don't agree with, i.e. taxing people for no will, like mm -hmm. with no reason, basically, you can just do it at will. That bothers me. Right. But that doesn't still negate the Constitution as a whole. So, yeah, his character is tainted by that. His character is tainted by um, saying that it's the rich that are the problem. That's a lie. That's a yeah. bold faced freaking lie. I don't care what you say. You're blaming a certain sect of people for other people being bad. Could it be because of sin, dude? Could it be because, and even, um, I was listening to something with uh, Dinesh D'Souza this morning. It was really cool. Some kid asked him about socialism, sees it, you know, capitalism this, and complaining about capitalism, right? Yeah. And he said, basically, that's the demise of man. That's what created slavery, was capitalism. And he's like, wait a minute. So you're saying involuntary servitude is the same, is the same thing as you going into a job and agreeing with a handshake and a signature that you're going to take that pay. Think about that. Capitalism says you're, we're making a covenantal contract. You don't want it? Get out. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not chaining you to work at my place. It's, it's a free association. It's a free association. And so we've convoluted capitalism with cronyism, really. Yeah. Because there's a lot of rich dudes that could pay their people more. No, no disagreement there, right? But they're not the problem with society. It's us as a whole that can't even talk. You know what's funny? Kobe Bryant just died. Yeah. I, it, and, and it's funny because like I had no attachment to him. I don't know him. You know, I, I didn't know him, but the character he had, you know, he changed a lot from his younger years. Just no blemishes. I mean, he was a good guy, good father. A lot of people said that about him. Really good dad. Um, great family, you know, kind of had his act together in a second second run. You, and, and, you, and you look at uh, you, you look at what he did. And I look at one thing. I, I watched this interview. Uh, I can't remember if it was ESPN or something like that. This guy said he goes in the midst of all the division that happens in America. This brought us all together. Nobody thought about Republican, Democrat. Nobody thought about black or white. They thought about mm. this dude impacted people. Yeah. And it brought people together. So really, you know what the problem is? Us. Yeah. Not the rich. Not the poor. Not, not religion. It's us that don't follow the tenets of good religion, which is, to me, the Bible. Right? To me. Yeah. That there's it's no flaw in that. And, and it's us that create these problems. It's us that make politicians kings and gods and we idolize them we literally idolize the presidents now and once we've idolized them we've got to get behind them or go against them that's exactly it and and even we've talked about this a lot this whole tribalism mentality yeah. that dude seriously you can't say anything critical about president trump without someone saying to you you must not support him quite yeah. the opposite you know why i'm saying that because i want to support him yeah, I want him to get I want right. to see him do well. Yeah, I love him enough to tell him the truth, you yeah. know, and to say the truth at least. You know, I'm not saying he's perfect, and I appreciate people uh, helping uh, with his campaign reelection and other Republicans that are good conservatives. Because you're seeing down here in Florida again, the mm -hmm. Republicans are the one trying to pass gun reform here. Uh, Republicans, mm -hmm. guys, it, it's happening all over the place, dude. We got it. We got to have Brian Mass on the show and call him out. We just do. I, I I'm really, frustrated. Yeah, and I'm frustrated to no end right now about this. And he's right here in Stewart. Yeah, and, and I think we do yeah, need to have him on. I think so too. And, and but here's the deal. Let's let's because we got to wrap this up. I'm glad you brought up the Sanders thing. If we don't start telling people, yeah, okay, he's got an unblemished character in the in the in the eye view, but he has not held to the republic no. views of our of our constitution. I'm talking about the republic, not Republicans. Republic, right? Where the freedom is based in man given to us by the laws of the creator. We have liberty because of our creator, because of God, not because of man, okay? We have a republic. He does not uphold his office, right? And then he's also, too, depending on, just like every other person, an oligarchy-type system where the yeah. judges make the rules and, and laws. And I think in, 
I think there's a lot of conservatives who are looking at him and saying, oh, he's he's easy meat. <laughs> kind of like Warren. Like every conservative is going like, oh, I would love to see Warren up there because Trump would tear her apart. Yes. The problem is Sanders is actually liked. He's your worst enemy in this. And I'm warning conservatives that's, that's of really like, good. you better be you better be ready for this. And you better be coming out guns blazing of nailing down his policies and saying why they won't work because this guy is loved. The people rally around him. Mm -hmm. And if you put him up against Trump, you got a whole, what, two generations of kids and young adults who are brainwashed by this whole thing and say, free college, free health care, it's about time. Yep. I want free health care. Yep. I'm yep. sick of being the only country in the industrialized world that doesn't have socialized right. medicine. Right. He's winning that argument. He really is, because so he keeps pushing it. He keeps pushing it. And and now you've got other voices that are supporting him, like AOC and Tlaib, where this is a real issue that we all need to be aware yeah, of. And we Joe need to Rogan be just promoted him. Exactly. And if anybody... Can coalesce a voting body around Sanders? It's Rogan. Now Rogan's Rogan's getting attacked by the the crazy progressives for for giving his endorsement to Sanders. But <laughs> but right. the normal people think about that. The guys. normal people are going to listen to Rogan's endorsement. But, but I do think too he's he, he he says because of but he's he's a reasonable dude. It's yeah, kind of like that's Mark, exactly why Rogan said. Yeah, yeah he's. A, he, but look at Cuban, same thing. Very much uh, fiscally conservative, social liberal, yeah. right? But starts to understand and see now. Holy smokes, man! We need to we need to change this. We can't just keep giving money to something that ain't yeah. working. Any good businessman should see that government is very inefficient with what they do. Nope. And the and the Democrats now the Republicans want it too now. Uh, passing a, a, a stimulus package the way they just did, one point four trillion trillion dollars is insane. It's insanity. And it, let's say that number again. One point four. Trillion, you lambasted Obama for that, just for being in the billions. You tore him apart for that big stimulus package, one point two trillion or whatever. You tore him apart. Yeah, what happened to that Tea Party? Yeah, tax enough already. Yeah, where are you? Much right now, right? Because we're afraid. Because if we don't stand behind the red, we're gonna lose. Right. Right. This is how far we've come in America in politics. It's no longer about who's right and who's wrong. It's about the red or the blue. That is so lifeless to me. There's mm -hmm. no life in that, right? The fact that we can't even include morality in the public conversation shows you where we're at as a nation. I'm not speaking cursing. I'm speaking life. Yeah. Folks, it's time to get up and get busy right and, now. And the whole reason we're nailing this is because we've, we've got to set that standard. Yep. We've got to get back to that standard. And we as conservatives and Christians and constitutionalists have to set the principle because Everything we stand on is principle. Dude, great think point. about it. Think about it. God's word. Principle. Principle. It's either true or it's not Truth. true. If it's true, you follow it no matter what. You don't compromise on it. The Constitution. It's either the building block and foundation or it's not. Amen. You either stick to it or you don't, right? Character, morality, principle. You either stick to it or you don't. Right. So when we see a president who, all right, I'm calling this, who's lying to people's faces about what's going on because it's politically expedient or he thinks it is. Call it out. That's right. Stop, stop <clears throat> making excuses for him. Stop allowing him to say whatever he's going to say whenever he wants and telling a lie just because it, it makes, he thinks it makes him look better because it's Dude. coming out in the wash and it's making us look terrible. Yeah. We're looking awful with this crap that's coming out. And, and be, we look like hypocrites, actually, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. We look like hypocrites because we would call out Obama, President Obama, for doing that. And now if we say anything about President... I, and, and again, I'm, I'm a conservative, guys. That's not the issue. That's not no. what's in question. My question is, am I loyal to the Constitution and to principle or am I loyal to a party? That's, that's really where we come down yeah. to now. That's what we've come to. In this country, I have to make a decision on whether, you know, I'm for a church or the word of God. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's what it's come down to. Is the church producing the fruits of righteousness? That's according to the word of God. Is the government producing the fruits of its obedience to the Constitution? Man, was the last time you heard government say we're going to give the power back to the people and actually do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually do it. Has... has <laughs> 
we kind of wonder, has it really happened in the past hundred years? No. Yeah. No. Even that stimulus package totally changed. What was it? The smoking age to 21? Yep. 21. You're taking away I, people's rights. I saw a sign at the gas station today. Must be 21 to purchase tobacco products. Wow. Who, 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 who <laughs> threw that in the mix? You know what I mean? Who threw that in there? Yeah. Notice government doesn't shrink. It gets bigger in these moments. Whenever there's a scare, government gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, because you, 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 I, I didn't, uh, I mean, I could go there. We were watching a movie, Sandra Bullock's in it, and uh, it's, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's called Our Brand is Crisis. I've heard about that Yeah, one. so it's basically, they went down to, I think it was South America, campaigned for a dude, and they're like, you know what, you're going to push to win? Crisis. Get people believing there's a crisis. Yep. Get people believing the economy is about to crash. And he just kept pushing and pushing, but he won. And he was in like the single digits. And they kept pushing this narrative of like, oh my gosh, hopelessness. Ah, ah, ah. You know, make America constitution or uh, uh, great again. Uh, the other side saying, we need to keep moving forward. We're not progressing mm-hmm. fast enough. So there's all this like fear. You know what I mean? And uh, oh my gosh, we keep the troops over there. Blah, blah, blah. Which the Democrats want to. You know what I mean? They, 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 yeah, all it's, politicians it, it, it's want. It's weird, dude, yeah. this whole game. So, like, they push this narrative, right? Like, oh, my gosh. And, again, this is just, I'm just throwing this out there, okay? Fear tactics. We yeah. see it all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? The rich are going to tear our country apart if we let them continue to make money, basically, is what's being said. The rich are terrible, and they're tearing apart America, yeah. right? Both Sanders and AOC have come out specifically and said that, you know, these are these are people who are harming our nation and tearing us apart and, and morally corrupt. Right. For having Bill Because Bill Gates is doing that. Yes. Bill Gates. Yes. Who is what? A self-avowed liberal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Buffett. Huge philanthropist. Yeah. Who, who I think Buffett, too, is a kind yeah, of a, he's, a, a he's liberal. Yeah, he's a big philanthropist, uh, too. Uh, Mark Cuban said he was going to vote for Hillary, basically, in so many words. These rich dudes who agree with you. Mark Zuckerberg, I'm willing to give more taxes. Yeah, yeah. So the rich are bad and morally corrupt, and they're behind your message. Do you see what you're doing? And I bet you any money they say that crap publicly, and when they meet them behind closed doors, they're like, look, we got to say that. Yeah. I can promise you. They're, they're, they're getting money somehow. I, I, I can actually promise you that because Clinton, always coming out against the big banks and the banks and the banks and the banks, Yet she's getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars to speak to Goldman Sachs behind closed doors. Hmm. Yeah, why? Why exactly? Are, are are the banks going to invite Ted Cruz or Rand Paul? Oh man, <laughs> to talk could, about the Federal Reserve? Could, could you imagine Rand Paul or Ron Paul standing in front of Goldman Sachs, <laughs> tearing them to shreds, talking about the unconstitutionality of what they're doing, and the Federal Reserve, and we need to audit the IRS and the Fed. All right, pay me my two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you guys for tuning in to podcast number fifty four. You got Massey and you got Mike over here on the mic. Mike on the mic, right? We talked about deism and how we just kind of blew that out of the water. Yeah, We're not I saying nailed that one. Yeah, it, well, and, and that that's going to be good for you to understand the faith of the founders. Were they perfect? No, but they served a perfect God. So you guys got to look into that yourselves. Again, go online theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com. Support the ministry. Um, we're going to be coming out with some new designs for our hats, our T-shirts, all these things. We're going to be doing some events uh, coming up in March. We're going to start our tours, the um, uh, Make America Constitutional Again tours. Um, we're excited, guys. Keep listening. Keep tuning in. Keep commenting because we love your feedback. Again, God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys. Now, that's who, Christianity. Now, let's go with Samuel Adams, right? Who was he? He was a founder. He was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, they called him the father of the American Revolution. He was a governor of Massachusetts. And when he was the governor of Massachusetts, they called for statewide days of prayer and fasting. So did yes. John Adams. So did John Hancock. Okay? So these are just three founders that called for statewide days of prayer and fasting. To who? <laughs> to who? Like, if you're a deist, how do you even know to do that? Yeah. How do you know who to worship? Right? Now, we're not trying to cap on people that say these things. We're trying to educate people because I'm really tired of people saying that. The more you say that they were deists, the more that he doesn't give us rights. Yeah. The creator gives rights. Well, who's this creator? And what is the standard? If you keep saying we don't have God as the backbone, well, then what God are they talking about? Here's another one. Josiah Bartlett. 
because I know I, I know you want to bring up a ton of points, and I'm not trying no, to cut you off because no, I think you got a ton to going. say. And I'm just going to keep reading quotes. This is a one of the military officers. Uh, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. How many of you guys have ever heard of Josiah Bartlett? Comment down below if you've ever heard of Josiah Bartlett. And he was also a judge, and he was the governor of New Hampshire. Listen to this. He called upon the people of New Hampshire to confess before God their uh, aggravated transgressions and to implore his pardon and forgiveness through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ. Listen to that. That the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ may be known to all nations, pure and undefiled religion universally prevail, and that all the earth may be filled with the glory of the Lord. What is he talking? Dude, seriously, this is, it's not that it's elementary to me, right? I have to believe it's God because what was the point? Why would some being to them yeah. give freedom? Like they couldn't even reference that to the king saying, well, some creator gave us rights. That's why you're not king. Yeah. The king would have been like, what? That's that's a really Think good about point. That. Here's another one. Here's Gunning Bedford. And if you want to keep, if you've yep. got more. Hit Gunning this Bed one and I'll go. Um, the, he was a member of the, con a member of the Continental Congress. He was a signer of the Constitution. He was a judge. He said this. Listen close. Again, who do you know who, do any of you guys know who Gunning Bedford is? Comment below. To the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> be ascribed all honor and dominion forevermore. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jefferson was very much, uh, uh, and, and let me say this, if you read some of Jefferson's early writings, and I'm trying to find it because I want to post it, mm -hmm. um, there was some early writings that he had where he literally dispelled the, the, the Christianity. He did. Uh, it, it, was, it was something that was a myth to him. Again, he was raised by English deists, but later on, I've got to find it. I found it like 10 years ago when I was Google searching, maybe even sooner than that, probably seven years ago. I remember I found the letter that he gave to a college kid and said, basically, I was ignorant in my youth, he said. Hmm. I didn't understand it. That's when he said, question with boldness, the existence of a God. Yeah. He wasn't saying, you know, question God. He was saying, no, question with boldness so that you believe firmly. Yeah. Ask the questions. You think God doesn't want to answer your questions? That's exactly how he said it to that kid in that letter. He said, but these are my early writings. So he's basically saying, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I, didn't, I didn't trust in the Savior. I didn't know and understand these things. Um, uh, Benjamin Franklin also said this, as to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom uh, you particularly desire, I think the system of morals in his religion, as he left them to us, the best world ever saw li or likely to see it. Now, in that statement, he's not saying he resigns to the, to the teachings of Jesus, right? No. But he's got a reverence for it. So, yeah. in other words, I'm not saying he was a Christian. I don't know. I don't know his writings. And maybe someone can enlighten us. Maybe you can find some things on Benjamin Franklin and post them down below, please. We want to know. Uh, because we do a lot of studying here, but we don't want to put out false information. Uh, what we're trying to say is there's a lot with Elbridge Jerry and you got more Thomas Jefferson quotes, I'm sure, because I want you I want to pepper those in. Yeah. Right. Because I want to make sure that we're hammering this the correct way. Um, Elbridge Jerry was a signer of the Declaration of Independence when he was the governor of Massachusetts uh, and the vice president. When he was in the state of Massachusetts, he called him to pray uh, with one heart and one voice. We may prostrate ourselves at the throne of the heavenly grace and present to our great benefactor sincere and unfeigned thanks for his infinite goodness and mercy towards us from the birth to the present moment, having above all things illuminated us by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is, this is calling the state to pray, okay? They, they weren't deists, yeah. okay? Um, and, and, and on and on. Alexander Hamilton, another one, you know what yeah. I mean? That, again, was he perfect in his life? No, by no means. And if, and if we can just take a little bit of a, of, of, if you want to call it a time warp, right? Um, Virginia, one of the first areas really founded by um, our founders, you know, the early founders, I'm saying in 1606 and 1607, they created uh, uh, Virginia. And it says this, we greatly commending and graciously accepting of their desires for the furtherance of so noble a work, which may by the providence of almighty God hereafter tend to the glory of his divine majesty in propagating of the Christian religion. Now I do this in a class, it's called Time Warp, uh, going back to 1776. But I'm just going to read a few of these uh, states that were founded uh, some of their charters and things like that. I don't have a lot of them. Just There's four actually to, to be said. So that was back in 1607. Uh, the Mayflower Compact of 1620 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It says this, In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, by the grace of God of England, France, and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, and having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. So what were they here to do? Advance the Christian faith. Now, these were the founders, early founders of America. Mm -hmm. Right. Out of this and out of some of these places, they started and established their own state religions. All 13 colonies had their own state religion or a way to manage religion. 
Um, here's another one. The Fundamental Orders of Connecticut. This was the first constitution written in these lands. And did you know, and you know, because you've heard this a thousand times from me, and you've been on tour with us, and you've preached some of this stuff, but he's got his own classes. Y'all got to check them out. Pretty awesome stuff. This was uh, created in 1639. The, the, the Constitution was actually taken from a sermon, sermon by Reverend Thomas Hooker. An entire sermon was used for the Constitution. Imagine that. Look at the Portsmouth Compact of 1638. Pons, uh, Portsmouth said this, We submit our persons, lives, and estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord, Lord of lords, unto his perfect and absolute laws. Listen to that. Given to us in his holy word. Who are they talking about? The God of the Bible, Right. And then we get to that point of Reverend Jacob Duche in 1774 having a two-hour prayer service. They read Psalm 35 out loud, yep. right? Again, Deus in a room full of people who were trying to establish a declaration of independence and trying to break away from England, right? Having a prayer service and reading Psalm 35. This is just a part of that prayer that they invited Reverend Jacob that they invited Reverend that they invited Reverend Jacob Duche to. He said this, "Our Lord, O oh, oh Lord, our heavenly Father, high and mighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords." who does from your holy throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reigns with power supreme and uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires, and governments. Look down in mercy, we beg you, we beseech you on these American states who have fled to you from the rod of the oppressor. That's, that's the book of Psalms, man. Yeah. That's the book of Psalms. That's King David's prayers, man. He says this, and thrown, thrown themselves, we've thrown ourselves on that gracious protection, desiring henceforth to be dependent only on you, to you, uh, to thee have they appealed only for the righteousness of their cause. To thee do they not look upon their uh, uh, upon you for the countenance and support, which only you alone can give them. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom and counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious design of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of the unrighteousness of their cause. And if they persist in their sing uh, sanguinary purpose, he said convince them first so that they can just re resign. Yeah. But if they continue in, in this purpose, oh, let thy voice from thy own unerring justice sound in their hearts, constrain them to drop their weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. 